I wasn't going to is because I wanted to get up and walk around, but... They'll walk with you, I promise. <laughs> oh, i got to carry a great big iPad with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay, let me set it up here. Can you imagine if it was back in the day when you'd have to carry your entire um, desktop computer? Oh my gosh, that would be crazy. <laughs> Hello everyone, thanks for joining. Okay, well let's go ahead and... Well, first, um, so guys in the audience, we're going to spend 20 to 30 minutes talking about the topic, and then we will open it up to everyone else that wants to um, ask questions. The first part of this is recorded with us for um, some of our other public stuff, and then we will turn the recording off when you guys are ready to talk, okay? Uh, shake your heads yes, even though I can't see you. All right, Laura, go ahead. Christine, would you like to introduce everyone and get this started? Or, oh, uh, never like to introduce everyone. I like everyone to introduce themselves, but I will ask each person. Um, oh, I may actually say something about them myself. I think that's more fun. Tonight we have, um, we'll start in the, cor the bottom corner, we have Samuel. He is, um, what kind of therapist are you studying to be, Sam? Well, the hope is marriage family therapist and grief counseling. Awesome. And especially the grief counseling. So many people need help with that and don't get the right kind of, well, not, I can't say the right kind, but don't get necessarily the support that they're looking for. Um, Sam is also into Aikido. And would you say a little something about that? Yeah. So Aikido is a traditional martial art and its philosophy is based in conflict resolution. So you don't have competitions. There aren't battles, anything that, um, at a subtle level separates you from the other person and makes you say you're different from me. Um, I always like to say if Gandhi decided to create a martial art, it would have been Aikido, but it was a little Japanese man who survived war and couldn't stand it. And uh, it's very joyful. It's lovely. Oh, that is beautiful. Thank you. We next have Monica. And Monica knows everything under the sun about so many natural medicines and, and recipes and just so much food stuff that I've learned from you, Monica. Um, but what else would you like to share about yourself? Um, well, one thing that I've been uh, realizing with my experience in all these fields is that actually it kind of reinforces what you said. Is turns out that I was doing a lot of this, including things like Reiki and readings, since I was pretty young. But to me, it just it, it was never something that wasn't just your normal everyday stuff it's like well you don't talk to the energy in the room and, and listen to it talk back why not it's, it's <laughs> good it's useful right right and it's a natural part of most people they just don't know that they're doing it yes yes exactly and i just didn't realize just how much i was doing it and then um i met my husband almost 10 years ago next month um that and and he's he teaches um spiritual everything from sacred geometry to dowsing etc and so i've had a lot of fun going around meeting all these amazing people that just speak my language nice That's, and one of these trips was how i got to meet you lovely ladies that is true yeah we met up in the city um that's up in washington and yeah great place to visit if anyone ever wants to take a trip up there uh, next we have aubrey aubrey is a writer and I happened to meet her at a um, writer's conference. She has been walking the walk and learning to talk the talk. Aubrey, what would you like to say about yourself? <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that's funny, Christine. Because <laughs> that totally describes me perfectly. Um, let's see. I, I guess I'm just really on my journey. And I always, I do this thing where I'll like get into it. And I'm like, yes, let's do this. And then I stop. Mm-hmm. And recently, um, with the help of Christine and Laura, I have really just been able to push past that wall that I always hit. And I'm in such a good place and I'm so happy and doing all the energy work and the meditation and learning how to protect myself as an empath and all of those things has been amazing. And I'm just so excited to keep going on my journey. So Nice, nice. We also have Mark. Mark is a musician. He plays up singing bowls in such an amazing way. If you ever have an opportunity to listen to him, and we probably should have him play for us in our rooms one of these days. But Mark, what would you like to add about yourself? Hey, guys. Um, I guess I would like to say thank you so much for having me, um, first off. And I would, I guess, like to say um, that music has been a massive healing tool for me personally. Um, I have been able to use music to completely change my life from such a young age, um, from finding my voice and being able to learn how to sing and now kind of learning how to now transform that into my ability to use that for sound healing and um, incorporate the crystal bowls and um, all of the different sort of like harmonic instruments that you can use to, um, to incorporate to allow you to uh to transform energy through sound and music um and basically open up different parts of your um chakra system and your energetic field um through sound and through music and through the voice um has been something that i have become so incredibly passionate about and now i want to be able to share it with absolutely everyone i can awesome mark i hope you have in your bio um, like your website or Facebook stuff to follow. Cause I know I follow you on Facebook and so make sure I, I did put all of that in there. So that awesome. should be all in there. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. So anyone that's listening wants to find that information. Great. We also have Phoenix. Phoenix has been the one walking in the trenches for the last 15 years, really bringing people along, helping them realize that they need support, that they need to turn to their community, that they're not alone. Phoenix, is there something else you'd like to add about yourself? Wow, you pretty pretty much said it. Um, I, I'll also add to that that uh, I'm coming back into sort of my awareness of, of who I really am. I've, I've had a lot of spiritual experiences before, and I'd say in the last seven or eight months, I'm, I'm kind of uh, coming back into that. So, nice. Yeah. And then we have Laura. Laura is a, a world-renowned dancer, a writer, a public speaker, I mean, just an all-around, knows everything about med- um, ancient Chinese medicine. I know there's a better way to say that. <laughs> and so many things that she's overcome, mercury poisoning, I mean, just so many things. Laura, what would you like to add about yourself? Hello, my name is Laura. Thanks for having me today or introducing me, Christine. That's very nice of you. I am so excited about tonight's topic because it's all about reincarnation and our opinions on reincarnation and I I have a lot to say. Oh good. And I'm good. excited to I'm excited to participate with you all and share some experiences and hear about your experiences. But other than um, what you already introduced about me is like you I've had a few near death experiences 
and um, I have had my psychic abilities turned on since I was born. So Awesome. Okay, then I am Christine. I have had three near-death experiences. I um, am a writer, public speaker, education. I help people find how to open up their own energy, find their personal gifts, what's strongest for them. And um, my top, my part about this reincarnation topic, I'll just do a, a little brief something, and then I'm going to pass it back to you, Laura. When I, when I had, as a small child, I'd heard, you know, their lives, and I remember saying to myself, I was probably around five or six years old, and I remember saying to myself when I heard about, you know, reincarnation, I thought, gosh, who would want to do that again? I want to get it right this time. And, it, and I thought to myself as a grown-up, why would I have thought that I wanted to get it right this time? Why did I feel like there was something that I'd already been through that was so heavy and so hard that this time I was here to get it right? And I wondered uh, if that pointed to the facts about reincarnation. And then when I started working with clients, some clients I'd be, I would say, oh, no, for them it didn't exist, that this was their only time on this planet. They were only going to be here once and they weren't coming back. And it was really obvious that, that a, one, a one and done was their story. But then there were other clients where I'd be talking and then part of me would say, oh, I have to tell them this about their past life in order for them to understand what they're doing right now. So I've seen both sides of this story. And I personally feel that there's even more to it than just whether you reincarnate or you don't, that there's things to deal with DNA and water and how memory works and how we pick up part of something, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, what is made up who we are and how are we experiencing that? And I'm sure we'll get into that with some of the the other speakers. I'm sure everybody has some good points of view on this. So, Laura, well, how would you like to start this? Hi, thank you, Christine. So, I just what I'm going to do is just share with, with you some experiences that I've had uh, in regards to what people would call reincarnation and how I see that now compared to how I saw it a long time ago. As I grew up, hey, Milu. My dog's making lots of noise. Um, as I grew up, I had memories that didn't happen to me in this lifetime. And they were so real, and they were experiences that I was just like, I would talk to my sister about it, and she's like, you never did that. You never did that. I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> and, I mean, they were so clear and so real that over time I started really observing and the more I learned about space and time and how everything happens and how there's multiple, multiple dimensions and we're multi-dimensional beings, um, the more my comprehension of reincarnation really turned into an aspect of I see them now as parallel lives more than something that is blocked off from the past. So um, that's really, and, and I can jump back and forth between my parallel lives. I can go experience things in different realities in different places. So that's why I see them as parallel versus reincarnation. Nice. Very good point. Do we have, um, do you have, do you want to continue or do you want to have other people weigh in on that thought? Uh, who, if, if you have something to say, I invite you to jump in or if you have something to share about that or if you have questions, let me know. Um, I guess I'll go. Uh, Lori, that's really interesting that you say it as parallel lives because, I mean, reincarnation, the thought of it sometimes scares me, but, like, deep in my soul, I know that it's not scary, but, you know, sometimes I'm still connected to this life and I'm terrified of things, but I'm working on that. 
But it's just interesting that you say it as parallel lives because like, I'm a firm believer that in my dreams, because my dreams are so vivid and they're like memories, like I'm reliving them. And I honestly think some of my dreams, I'm reliving my parallel lives, I guess, as you would say it. So that's really, I'm really glad you said it that way. Thank you. You're welcome. And I've even had two of my parallel lives die <gasps> that I can recall. And my conscious, have you ever seen the movie The One? with um jet lee um when my when my other two parallel lives died one of my um consciousnesses split and part of it went to another earth that was really green and part of it came here and then when another one of me died in a car accident the whole thing came here to me now a lot of people laura might be like well how do you know and where's your proof on that and i remember one day i was sitting in my office and Laura came strolling in, and I was like, whoa, whoa. And she's like, what? I said, I need you to stop. My whole head is spinning. And this was not the Laura that I knew that walked into my office. This was more. This was like Laura Plus. And that was when one of your, you'd either jumped a timeline or one of your lives had collided with this one. Is that correct? Uh, at that point in time, I got stuck on a different timeline and inside of a different life, and I didn't know how to get back, and I spent the entire day trying to make it back here. Ah. And then there's that other times that, that you're, some of your, like you said, some of your other parts had died, and I do know that I've watched them join you, and other things happen in that nature. So, in my book, I have seen visual and experienced the energetic proof of what Laura just said, even though... If you had asked me before I had that experience, was this real? I'd just have to say, I don't know. It's just whatever somebody else has. But now I have had that experience. Thank you. Thank you for backing it up. Does uh, Monica, do you have anything that you would like to share regarding reincarnation <laughs> past lives? Um, I do. It's actually one of my favorite topics, reincarnation and past lives, because um, when I Okay, so growing up, um, those are, I mean, those are amazing stories. Growing up, I never had conscious memories of, of things, but there was things I would do at times where I would just react on a as-needed basis. It's like a, um, let's see, like when, when um, I was born in Europe and, my, and I moved here as a child with my parents, and th I remember there was a time where they started getting stressed out for a while um new country new continent everything and I remember saying to them at one point for a while I'd been listening to them and they were just getting a little stressed and not really acting logically and I'm like okay you know what that's it from now on you guys have are, are not really being logical you're not being sensible and you haven't been for a while so as of now I'm running this family I'm the boss now <laughs> and you're gonna do what I say so and, and I know that I had a lot of um past lives where I had strong leadership roles where it was on me my responsibility to make sure um you know a group of people was safe or like let's say you know either a company was running smoothly or like a group of people had everything organized to survive the winter or you know things like that like leadership roles where i had to take care of a group of people in one way or another and like energetically as a healer or whatever the role is so i would react that way in in this present life but um I was maybe 29, no, I'm sorry, a little younger, like late 20s maybe when I started getting past life experiences and memories and all these memories would suddenly come flooding back. I had past life 
regressions and the one thing um and I, I became obsessed and fascinated with it so one thing that i learned was it can really help you overcome all the blockages um and make sense of blockages and phobias and things that you have now so actually recently i i reconnected to a past life from another dimension so that was very interesting Wow, thank you so much for sharing, Monica. Well, I want to get back to you about the other dimensional experiences you've had, but for right now, I would like to go on with Mark. Mark, you and I have had several conversations about other dimensions, parallel lives, uh, reincarnation. Can you give us your opinion and your thoughts on reincarnation? Hey, before Mark you, gotta, you have to unmute yourself, Mark. Unmute yourself. There we are. Is that better? Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess very, uh, very much agree with what you've said in terms of it being more such of a situation of it, it all coexisting at the same time and more just being able to tap into the different frequencies that are always there. And I guess that when you dream, uh, yeah, you do kind of create that uh, DMT molecule, which will allow you to enter into those different uh, those different dimensions and kind of travel and traverse between those um, all of those different states, waking and non-waking. And it's funny because when you uh, when you listen to music, you actually go into almost a dream state. So, uh, so when you listen to music, your body naturally goes into a healing state because uh, you go into your sleep state, but it's a very mild version of it because music kind of puts you into almost a, um, a resting state. Um, I'm reading this really great book called uh, Music Medicine at the moment that talks about how basically listening to music uh, turns off your stress uh reduction or it, it, it's, a, it's an ultimate stress reduction so it immediately uh, puts you into a place of resting and, uh, and relaxation uh, where your body is able to then go into a natural healing mode and I think that when you when you put yourself into these states of um, rest and relaxation like sleep or like when you go into meditation uh, you're able to you're able to access easily uh, easier the different states in which you can remember uh, these different either times that you have lived in or places that you have lived in uh, and able you're able to reconnect with those those lives that you hold within your DNA and those uh, those times or those those experiences that you have lived before or that you're going to live or that you're living currently right now but just uh maybe not in this physical 3d dimension that we call earth thank you so much mark thank you so much for your uh, your opinion and your take on this and i have a i have a question for sam sam you we heard that christine said earlier that whether it comes through our DNA, our ancestry, the water that we drink, or if it's uh, a spiritual experience, with your research and your um, tendency to be analytical, I would really like your opinion on all of this. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. It's uh, up till about, well, up till about I was 30, 
five, I think I don't have any remembrance of believing in reincarnation at all. I think the only thing I knew about it was Shirley MacLaine believed in it, the movie actress. That was about it. But um, then I had that shift, and it all of a sudden made sense to me. But as is my way, uh, I never had any subtle experiences that I was aware of in the reference of parallel dimensions and everything. So I just looked at it from the point of view, well, let's research it and find out everything that I can. And, um, and then try to piece together anything that connects to me. Um, and I was always fascinated as a kid by why we met that one friend who, you know, was just so comfortable and we felt like we always knew them. And why this other kid, I don't even want to be around and just seems like an alien in situations like that. Um, and so everything that I've read agrees with um, everything all of you have said. Um, I've never heard of parallel dimensions before, though, so my trying to catch up a little bit. My little is trying to catch up a little bit with you all. I just It's amazing to me. Um, but I would say that uh, you know, with uh, ancestry and, and, and linear things, ultimately it's about um, my experiences. Ultimately, you know, when we meet someone that is a karmic relationship, um, even if it's, you, if you want to use the word an enemy, someone you have a strained relationship with, it's for healing and forgiveness, it's for ascending, um, and that the entire purpose, um, at least from one point of view, is to heal and um, show uh, universal familial love. And that's kind of where I've looked at it up to this point, um, until I met you all, and I have my research, so thank you. Thank you so much. I think it's so important that you took it from a topic of fascination and exploration to a topic of healing and forgiveness and love because that's what everything pretty much boils down to anyway and speaking about love and emotions um christine you mentioned this earlier how things exist in the water and i know from the research that i've done in water with water uh, that memories are stored in water and the earth is an emotional planet because it has so much water on it in fact it's more emotional than, you know, like where some other star seeds and beings might be from because we have so much water. Um, Christine, can you talk on that, please? From my personal experience, so um, when I had my heart attack in my late 30s, I got all kinds of access to information, Akashic Records, Living Library. And in the Living Library, I got to see the Earth's journey from um, a centerpiece of gold and expanding out and how it created mountains and everything, and how water ran along its surface. And when the water ran along its surface, there was an, an experience of what we call emotion. It's not the same as how we experience our emotions where like we weep because we get upset when it's based in fear. But it's, it's, it's more of a feeling. So when we have feelings, we, they're more solid. And then when we have emotions, they're more based on belief systems. And the earth has this feeling support for us because she created it to begin with. And it is from the water running along her surface. So it creates a vibrational experience. And that's where, you know, the feeling sense that we have comes from. And water is not just um, for hydrating. It actually stores information. And you've seen the, the studies they've done on when they freeze and how it crystallizes and the patterns that it makes. But more than that, Everything that we do 
gets communicated through electricity and water, which is a good conductor of electricity, picks up that information. So when you drink a glass of water, it runs through you, picks up all of your information, and then when the water comes out of you, that information goes with the water. So it's, it's similar to a computer copy of who you are and what you are. So the next person, you know, even though water gets recycled and, and refiltered, it still has information in it until it gets reprogrammed by something else. So you can imagine that your information is now being um, shared with others as they drink water because it's running through your, everything of your internal system. It's being um, pushed into your organs, into every cell of your body, is, is utilizing this water source and it's carrying information. And when I was looking at reincarnation and I was looking at, at certain clients, I would hear more than once the same person believing that they had been someone else. And I thought to myself, now how is it possible that I have five people that all thought they were Cleopatra? So went into a deep state of meditation, had my own conversation with water and said to water, um, so how is this possible since you have all the information? And basically what you're understanding is when you come to this planet, when you and, and you haven't actually had a physical reincarnation, you come um, here to gather information, and you will gather that through um, the food that you eat, because because it's picked again ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That's the food has brought chemicals into it and particles into it that um, have been a human before or animal before. And now you're digesting it and you're getting vibrational information from that. And then again, drinking water. And something that started over in Antarctica arrives here eventually. So no matter where you are on the planet, you can still get information from anywhere else on the planet. And we tend to um, resonate with certain vibrations. So if you've come here for a particular experience then that person who has already had a, a past, who has already lived here, so their life has passed, is now part of the earth herself, and you can pick up that resonance, and you can relate to it to the point that you're certain that you've personally lived to that past life. Now, I'm not saying that you haven't lived that life as the actual re person reincarnated. I'm just saying that some people are getting it through sources like water, or the food that they eat from the earth and from other things than having personally lived that. Thank you so much, Christine, for sharing that with us. Um, I'm sure that some people, um, whenever I first heard that a while back, I was like, what, are you kidding? <laughs> but um, then I started studying water and I, I did find that water does hold memory and you can break it up with electricity and other things. Um, we have not heard from Hunaya yet. And, Can I and I, before we do, I just want to let people know that if you have your hand raised, we will be getting to the hand raising after we've had a chance to let each one of our speakers speak and we turn off our recording. So, Hanaya, could you please uh, let us know what your thoughts on are on reincarnation and also what value do you think remembering past lives might have? This is a topic that I'm still exploring very much. Um, I've had some experiences which have led me to think in terms of quantum jumping, um, crediting Bert Goldman for the one that I was reading, reading his work. Um, but it's, it's like what Laura was saying. Um, I've actually tried to do that and to, to try to learn from other versions of myself. That's very interesting. 
And uh, so I'm, jury's still out, but I do think that's possible. Past lives, boy, um, if you have been raised with a, a particular uh, spiritual background that, that refuses to accept that, this is a hard bridge to cross, I'm going to say. But I do feel it's pretty impossible to avoid it. Because although I've never heard what Christine just said about water, that is so fascinating to me. I know I can look back and I can communicate with people that are in my my ancestral line. I know that I know I've seen myself in in other lives, other genders, other roles, um, humble and and uh, proud type roles. But um, I have to say, I'm still reserving judgment because I haven't had the kinds of experiences that I can say serve as actual proof. So I would class them up, classify myself as an a hopeful learner. <laughs> I hope to gain truth and, and total clarity on this at one point. Thank you. This is Hunaya. Thank you so much, Hunaya. And the last person, or there's two people we still, actually we did hear from Aubrey. Phoenix, we haven't heard much from you. Would you like to say something about reincarnation or even karma, since it seems like we've also touched on that just a little bit, and how you think it can help us today? Yeah, this is a really interesting topic for me, and I definitely want to follow up and <laughs> look into the more about water, more about what Christine was talking about. Uh, I've started to understand or believe in, so to speak, uh, reincarnation when I was younger, and, and I, I thought about it in a linear form, but then I had that experience in 2001 that sort of changed the, the, the concept of time and timelessness for me and saw all things happening at once. So that kind of redefined, you know, what I thought was reincarnation. And so I think that's where like the multiple timelines or, you know, multidimensional um, aspect comes in. So I'm always curious, like, why is my consciousness choosing, you know, this point of, of experience when I'm potentially maybe also experiencing all these other things, what is it that draws me to this one? So, so it kind of loses its, uh, its linear, you know, thing for me, and I'm not quite sure how to, how to work it all out, or if it's really important to work it all out. But I'm definitely curious, I, I don't have any answers as far as like, how to learn from it. That's kind of what I'm hoping to understand more about, like, as far as, like, maybe phobias or maybe lessons or, you know, ways I can grow, you know, here in this consciousness or this body. So I, that's kind of what I'm looking for, too, is is what lessons can I learn? And and it, the karma, I'm not, I'm not honestly not positive where karma even fits in with that because since that experience in 01, these are, you know, linear reincarnation has become really difficult to talk about. And karma, it's just like it's not even in existence anymore in that way for me personally. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing, Phoenix. 
Is there anyone that would like to have any closing comments on this topic before we close the recording off and open it up for other input and other suggestions and other questions? Um, I'd like to say something really quick, if that's okay. This is Aubrey. Yeah, go for it, Aubrey. Okay. Um, so I am new on this journey. I was raised in a, um, I guess linear household, just like, uh, Angel was saying, I hope I said that right. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's hard to change that mindset, um, to think with reincarnation, which is why I think I have fears of it. And I feel like, I mean, I can't speak for everyone else, but if you had a similar background and you were raised a certain way, it's also kind of scary but I think this was a really good experience and honestly everything Christine said about water like I seriously just had like a realization just a second ago and I was like oh my gosh like no seriously I it's real this is where I need to be and I don't know I don't know what I'm saying anymore so I'm gonna stop <laughs> I um I have something to add as well um this is Mark I it's funny you talk about the Cleopatra um the different lives about Cleopatra Christine because I have had um I've had an experience where I have met a young girl a little girl um and she was um I'm not too sure what exactly jobs are crazy. um where basically I met a young girl and she told me that she was Cleopatra in a past life and that I had been one of her handmaidens um, and it was a very, very interesting situation where she was very young, but I could tell she was very psychic. And I had this memory of this. It's, it's where the, you line up where you meet these people, where you have had these relationships with in past lives, um, or in parallel lives. And you, you have chosen these moments in time where you will reconnect with them in this life to remind you or to reconnect you with that mission or with that purpose that you have had um, come in, coming into this, uh, this existence where you have these relationships, where it is that best friend as a child, where it is that, um, that person that reignites or activates you in this lifetime um, and on your path and on your journey uh, where you have, you've kind of chosen that point of time where that person uh, or you, you both have, where you have both kind of agreed to reconnect in that moment to, um, to it's kind of like numerology or like seeing an 1111 or a 333 or any of those types of things. They're almost like, uh, like road marks or road, little uh, road signs to kind of, to kind of keep you on track. That's how I see it anyway. Um, but I've also been told by a seer, that this is one of my first lives as a man and that I've had many, many past lives um, or other lives as, uh, as a female. And that's why I have a very comfortable, I'm very comfortable with my feminine. I'm, I, I'm, I've always been attracted to men. I've always, <laughs> I've always had a um, very strong connection to that feminine um, part of myself. And I've always almost had an uncomfortability with my masculine. Um, and that's, I knew that I came into this life as a man because I couldn't do what I needed to do in this life as a woman. It was like I finally needed to come in as a guy to get something done, which I couldn't do before. Um, and 
he told me and and the seer told me that my past relationship that I've recently uh in the last year gotten out of um was a relationship that I have been I have had many many past relationships and past lives with this person where I was always the woman and he was always the man and every time I would come in I would I would always connect with him and I would find it almost impossible to disconnect and we would have a very volatile and toxic relationship but I could never break away because I was always the woman and I was always too scared to leave the man um but coming in as coming in as his equal this time I was able to break that cycle so as the man and man in the relationship this time I was able to say no I don't want to be in this anymore and even though it was a very like long relationship of 6 years um which it could have been a lot longer um i got to the point where i was like i have to leave this relationship now because if i don't leave it now i never will um but if i had if i if i had been the woman in the relationship i don't know if i could have done that um so it was interesting to be told that by someone who was outside of the situation but it, it resonated very very highly with uh with how i felt about it all Thank you so much Mark and that you know I'm going to close this down here in a moment Christine has something to say but it does remind me that regardless of what situation that we are in um every opportunity that we have to learn a lesson to overcome obstacles and overcome false belief systems that we have gotten from our past whether the past is 10 minutes ago or a million years ago Right now is the moment we live in and right now is our opportunity for change. That fits perfect with what I'd like to wrap this up with is we've mentioned that we can be living consecutive lives that um we can be living overlapping lives that we can um do many things but one of the things we didn't mention that I want to just throw out there is that since time is a construct I've also seen that we're not necessarily living lives in order of the time history as we see it. So I've come across people who are going to be living a life at their next life that they've already started while it's overlapping with this one back in the 1920s. You know, some even further back than that. And I find it really interesting that I could see a progression of a really futuristic world, then a past world, then something modern and I, that all ties into we're all one. and time is again a construct so time and space are are overlapping continuously anyway so it becomes very difficult then to just constrain this to a a linear way of thinking thank you so much christine for pointing that out and for your amazing insight i want to now open this up for other speakers and questions and i am now going to invite some speakers here to speak and let's see if they get the invite and i'm stopping the recording now too okay hey, yes hi david thank you for joining us Thank you for bringing me up. Um I wanted to first say that uh Christine the water thing I'm like I think a couple other people had you know expressed um you know just uh I don't know every time I come in different rooms my mind gets blown and that's something that I resonated with immediately 
just from being adjacent to a lot of different ancestral traditions that use water as a medium to communicate with ancestors and, and all kinds of things. Water is, has always been an important analogy as well as physical substance to use, you know. But um, I had a near-death experience as well in 2017, but I had a, uh, mine was, I had a birth defect. My heart valve was by cuspid and I had to get it, they had to repair it. So I didn't, I had a major surgery after my near-death experience. I had a heart attack and then a near-death experience. So I, my body's resources seemed to be tied up with healing. So I never really processed my near-death experience. I might have, I had memories of it. I thought about it to myself, but I never talked about it until probably beginning of this year. On Clubhouse was the first time I spoke about it. <laughs> and since then, it's been a um, just a cascade of awakening. You know, it just has been nonstop. And another thing is that I've been spiritual all my life. I've always been a weirdo, always been into other stuff, always had strange memories of, of past lives. Once I had this near-death experience, a lot of those have been, like, amplified. Like, I remember them a lot more clearly. And the idea that some of what we experience as reincarnation is it's, it's just energy. I mean, it's just energy. You, you feel that energy, you resonate with that energy. Sometimes you hold it, you know, kind of exactly like Christine said. Like, my mind is so much open, more open to those types of things because I experience myself as, as not a body. And in that capacity, I could see uh, how all of that makes sense. And all of that is a possibility when you're, when you're disembodied, you can do and imagine a whole lot more. And um, so reincarnation for me, like I've, what I'm going to wrap it up because I don't like to speak too long. But the what I'm experiencing specifically with reincarnation now is a memory of a life as a woman who was raped. And what she did while she was raped she just she would leave her body, and the body would the her and just not and not even look at it, not observe it, not a, not pay attention to it. So even though her body held the trauma, she didn't, and that was how she was a prostitute, and you know, dealt with all of her compliances by leaving her body and allowing them to use her body. Then she came back, but um, she didn't seem to want to process any of pain or even deal with the experiences. So it feels as though her body kept it and held it. And being that I remember that life, I feel that trauma. And it's, it's in my stomach. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's in my, I feel it. And I feel like there's something I need to do in this life to address trauma that occurred in, pre, in a previous life. That is perfect that you, you, you touched on that, David. And I absolutely agree with that. And there's this concept that I like to share with people is if you heal it in yourself, you heal it in others. And we think of the biblical phrase, uh, the, the sins of the father are visited upon the son. Well, when there's nobody in that ancestral line that will take up and heal that in themselves, then somebody else steps up. So whether you actually lived that life personally or you're picking up and you're stepping up to heal that life, um, either one of those could be the truth. We we just can't possibly know at this point that that's a beautiful thing that you are stepping up and you are recognizing it. And another common thing you touched on is how we tend to separate and leave our bodies when there's trauma. And I know that's not relevant to this um, this particular topic, but I think we should probably put that on the agenda for weeks to come because uh, that again that's a very common experience 
for people to leave their bodies when there's trauma and just disengage. And the body has its own experience, but the cells of the body have that memory. And then again, the cellular structure gets broken down and gets reintegrated into others. And we're picking up that memory again as if we've had that experience. And, and all of this stuff needs to be dealt with in order for us to get to where we're trying to go as a community, as, as a planet. Makes perfect sense. I like how you explain it as well. She's so good at explaining things. Thank you, David, for sharing with us and for being vulnerable and for um, really letting us know, um, you know, bringing up some topics that we have not yet talked about. So thank you for that. Um, the, the leaving the body in order to um, escape trauma is something that I've done in my life, too. And I, I actually think that that's a pretty common thing to happen nowadays. And um, we'll see a lot of kids who, or a lot of people, you try to get their attention, and they may look like they're they're busy and stuff, but really they're just outside of their body because it becomes a habit to just leave because it's way more comfortable out there. So thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> Did you have something more to say, David? I saw your microphone flash. No, I was in agreement with what Laura was saying. Um, didn't really have much more to say outside of um, there is. I feel like there's a point to this in terms of remembering these lives, and and I and I think that uh, one thing from my near death experience that continues to come up is that we need to ground this experience in a way that it makes sense to other people and becomes more common knowledge, like the experiences and the coming and the going and the ending the whole process. Like it needs to be more common knowledge and society needs to be infused with this, this understanding in, in more practical ways. Completely agree. Now I saw Monica flashing her microphone and then I would also, after Monica speaks, I would like to give a chance for Mitesh. I'm not sure if I said it correctly to speak. And then also Christine, um, our other Christine. So Monica, can you? Um, yes. Yes. Um, I just wanted to add something to what you were saying earlier, Christine, about um, picking up uh, past life memories from connecting to different frequencies or to water. Another thing I read about and a friend of mine told me about this was her experience was that if someone came here for their first life or their first and only life, one thing that they do to prepare for coming in here is they actually borrow um, others' memories, other people's memories. They'll pick up like a few different ones yes. uh, just to prepare for coming in here. And this was never my experience, but I did have a friend who remembers borrowing and um, like basically like doing your research before something and by uh, picking up like a few memories um, just, to, just to have a little bit of an understanding of how this realm works. Also, right. I've, yeah, I've seen that with clients that, that are only here once, that, that that is part of what they do. I Yeah, you're right on track. Mm -hmm. um, also, on the water point about how it um, carries memory, water is actually um, really incredibly amazing with that. But um, my experience was, even as a child, I realized that literally everything, all every atom of everything around you, the walls, the air around you actually holds memories and you can actually tune into those and 
ask it questions. Hey, what was in the room before me? What was the energy like in the room before me? How did the people feel in this room before I moved here or before I came in here? Tell me about the people and, and you can get an answer. But I used to ask even as a child into the space around me where nothing existed. So it's like that space in between the, the nothingness in between the atoms. That's where all the information was held. That's one thing that I came to um, myself as a child. And that's where when you really tune in, you don't even need to ask questions. You'll get your answers. So that's that. Beautifully said, yes. Yes, thank you. I keep trying to unmute myself. I hit the button like 15 times and it doesn't happen. <laughs> Thank you, Monica. And now, Mitesh, did I say that correctly? Yeah, yeah, you said that perfectly, so thank you. Wonderful, thank you. Laura, thank you. For, for this discussion, and uh, I've, yeah, I, I definitely took something away from even when Christine mentioned about the water part that made me think about it, and I think, yeah, that's pretty interesting to, to see and to experience, for one, and you know, for me, when I when I look at this whole idea of reincarnation, as you were said, talking about healing, that comes to light quite a bit. Uh, as as you brought it up, it was like, you know, I could have been, you know, if, if whether I look at it from a linear perspective or even a quantum perspective, you know, I, just like Mark said, I could have been a, a woman in a previous lifetime or a, a different lifetime. I could have been, and not even just male, female, but uh, from you know, I could have been a bully. I could have been, you know, someone that was bullied. I could be, you know, I could have been Hitler. I could have been, you know, Mahatma Gandhi. I could have been uh, anyone and everyone in between. And even, you know, whether it's religious, sexual orientation, um, you know, disability, whatever it is. So when I look at it from that perspective, it's it's one of acceptance that uh, allows me to see that you know, whoever I'm interacting with, whether it's folks in this room or whether it's uh, outside of Clubhouse, is that uh, I could have lived a similar experience. I could have had that similar experience. And in that, there's there's a lot of healing of uh, just allowing that uh, to process and allowing that to just say that, okay, I'm living this unique identity now, but... I see myself in you, and similarly, when I accept you for who you are and what you've gone through, I heal a part of myself as well. So, so that was, you know, as you brought that up, it just spurred that thought that that I forget sometimes, but then it allows me to remember that as well. So, so thank you for that, Laura. Thank you so much, Mitesh, for sharing that with us. Something you brought up reminded me of something uh, that Edgar Casey, which was a, a seer and earlier on before, like he's dead now, but he was talking about karma. And anytime we get into speaking about reincarnation, I think karma goes hand in hand with it, at least until recently where, you know, now we're processing through grace versus karma. But um, he's, there was a guy that came to him for a reading and this guy said he was he was uh, homosexual and he was being teased a lot and people were making fun of him and, you know, beating him up and uh, just treating him horribly. 
And, you know, you can imagine that that would happen because this was like early 1900s, you know, somewhere around there. And he went to Edgar Cayce for a reading and Edgar Cayce was trying to find the core reason why this man was homosexual. And, you know, doctors back then, I think, thought maybe it could have been hormonal or chemical or something going on in the brain. But when Edgar Cayce gave the reading, he said, well, it was because in a past life, you were a jester for the king's court and you always picked out the gender people who had uh, gender issues and you made fun of them and you had the whole court laugh at them all the time. And uh, so the guy said, you mean I'm getting my karma, I'm being punished now. And Edgar Casey said, no, it's not that you're being punished, it's that your soul now has the opportunity to learn what it's like on the other side. So I think it's a real, like what you were saying, Mitesh, it's not, it's not that people are being punished for what we've done in the past or what we haven't done. It's more that we get a new and fresh perspective so we get to enjoy and understand things fully and completely and, and still love ourselves through the entire thing. Yes, and... Um, I'm just hoping you guys can talk a little bit more about the ancestral healing aspect of all this, because one uh, experience that I've, I had in particular really makes me wonder, was that me in a past life or am I dealing with my ancestors? I've, I've been working a lot on healing my ancestral line over the last year, but this one experience um, was of, of a man who who just didn't manage his money well at all and he was he was uh trusted and abused the trust that he had from a wealthier man and he was he was it was on his way to to be cast out to go to prison to have you know the worst situation happen to him he would probably have died there and then i i kind of like it was kind of like a lucid dream in a way where i felt like wait a minute, what if this went a different way? What if the man who he owed all this money to and who had the right to persecute him, what if he decided, what if it was different? And so then um, I kind of reworked it so that the man, you know, he, he dropped his pride. He, he asked, you know, it, it all turned out in a very interesting way. He ended up becoming um, the protege of the, the wealthy man and learned the lessons that he needed to learn in order to rewrite the whole entire story. And they ended up, you know, having a completely different outcome. And, uh, and, and so I've just been, I'm interested to, to know what, what you guys think of that. Is this me just playing in my mind or was I really seeing something? Would it have been my own past life? Was I quantum jumping to learn something or was I really doing something with ancestors? Thanks. Thank you for that question, Hanaya. In my opinion, whether it's your ancestors or not, it is now a part of you. So it is you. Anytime that we experience something that seems as if it's outside of ourselves or coming from somewhere else, it's absolutely 100% us. Christine, I know you can go off on that one. <laughs> I could talk for days, you know that. 
So um, I was feeling into it, and I do feel um, a, a heart connection to all of this. But um, it's easier for me to say from my own point of view that might help you see. My experiences when I'm asked to heal my ancestry, they tend to be because there's still a relationship to the issue. So, for instance, um, when one of my, my um, relatives died, my grandfather, when he passed, I was able to witness his death. And while I was witnessing, I took on the responsibility, you know, the blood of, of my ancestry was then on me, and it was up to me to eliminate this issue. And the issue, as I kept looking at it more and more, was prejudiced. And I kept saying, but I d I'm not prejudiced. I don't have any issue with races, with any issue with people's choices. And I just kept throwing around that, that, I, that I didn't relate to the item I was being asked to heal in my family line. And I came to one day where I had this thought that, oh, God, I hate stupid people. And I thought, oh, my goodness, there it is. There's my freaking prejudice. <laughs> and I thought to myself, it seems odd that I would be prejudiced against stupid people because it, it still didn't make sense to me. So I had to go through and look a little deeper and really try to see, okay, well, how is this playing out in my life and why is it playing out in my life? And I went back through all of those moments of any one of my family members who, who were hurt and upset about something and how they would refer to it. And it everyone always seemed to blame it on that people did things on purpose, that they were, they were inconsiderate and that they were stupid versus ignorant. Because if you were ignorant and you didn't know better, it was acceptable. But if you were just stupid, then, then we could be mad at you. So I found that very interesting. And again, when we, when we take on healing the ancestral line, we have to realize that everything mutates through each person. So when I heal it in myself, I can't just heal the idea of prejudice. I have to really go in and heal how am I experiencing it? How is it reflected in everyday life for me? And every time I would see something painful in my life that kind of threw me back, I would say, okay, how is that reflected? What does that mean? How is that referencing something in, in the past? Because even if it's in my immediate past, it had to be in my ancestral line for me to be able to see it. So for instance, when, um, if you're Italian and somebody's yelling and using their hands to talk, you don't automatically assume they're upset. They're just communicating. That's in their history. That's acceptable for them. But in my history, if somebody was yelling and swaying their hands around, oh no, this was scary for me. And of course I married an Italian so that I would have to go through that and, and learn to work through that too. So when we connect to the ancestral history, it is often because of our own personal resonance and because we're stepping up and offering and whether you see it literally or you just experience it in your day-to-day -day life, I do believe that you are connecting to that and you are offering your services because we don't just come here for the experience. We pick whose family line we're going to be born into. You know, what do we, what playground do we want to hang out in? And, and it's not always just because there's some cool experiences coming up. It's also to bring those who are stuck in the past into the future that we want. So I, I hope, Hanaya, that, that gives you a little bit of support for what you've experienced. Yeah, it does. Thank you, Christine. And it, it made me start to think about something else also. The, pro, the, the state of not knowing could be something that we're here to cure also, that we're, to, we're here to assist with. You know, how many generations or 
timelines or however all these things are connected to me or to you or to any of us, how many of those were spent in total denial and total blocking of, of some of these natural truths that I think we're raising here, the interconnectedness of all things. And so maybe some of our apparent struggle to access this information and heal it, maybe that's actually part of it. Maybe that's a topic of it of its own. Right. And I do think too, that sometimes we're so focused on that we have to fix things and heal them, that that becomes part of the stuck. You know, instead of accepting something and then viewing it from a place of love and kindness, it can be harmful. So when I went to work on my issues about, you know, how I looked at people, because I didn't, I didn't have the common um, brain chatter that would say, oh, this person's awful. I always saw the best in everybody. But guess what? All I did was take the prejudice and move it to the other side. Now I could only see people as good. And then something would happen and it would hurt me so deeply so in that moment, I had to be able to basically stand still. And that I think that fits with what you're saying. Yeah, and, and that's another interesting point, too. I have, I've been accused from time to time of trying to be a fixer. And I've actually worked really hard to not be a fixer. But I have to own it. I think I am trying to be a fixer. <laughs> I think a lot of us can relate to that. I just, um, one of the people that we wanted to get to was to hear from Christine. I don't know how to separate you girls. We're going to need to, um, we're going to need to come up with a way to speak of that Christine and this Christine <laughs> or this Christine <laughs> and that Christine. <laughs> Maybe I can add an initial after my Christine. Anyway, sorry, I was late. I was busy with my kids, but, um, yeah, I really like this topic. And, um, I was really enjoying the conversation. Um, I was going to say the thing about it with me is um, I was always taught, and I really believe um, that this is like a great big school. We're all just here trying to get closer to God realization and self-realization. And to do that, we have to just keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. And I really find that a lot of the people in my life, past and present and probably future are people of most a lot of people that I've known before and they kind of keep coming around and the people that I get really especially the people that I'm really close to and um even um my atheist boyfriend you know when he met me <laughs> across the restaurant he said oh his first thought was oh there she is again and he's like that doesn't make sense I don't believe in this I'm, re I'm an atheist and he, you know, he said, you're making me question myself. And I'm like, well, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I can do anything. This is all inside of you. And I really think, like, um, your story, I'm sorry, is your name Hunaja? Um, Hunaya. Was really, Hunaya, thank you. I'm sorry. Um, is, um, yeah, it's like, if you think that, if, I really find, um, well, one thing I'm a big believer in, I'm really bad at myself lately, um, I come and go with good with being good at this with journaling and writing up all this stuff down because I find that after time goes on, you can start to start to see the patterns. And um, I can I don't know how much time we have if I can tell a really quick story about reincarnation. I have a bunch of them, <laughs> in my life. but um, I um 
years ago, I was living in Maryland and uh, I went to work for this family and they had a, a child that was uh, non-verbal and in his actually early 20s. And I was taking care of him and I felt this incredible connection to him and I started having dreams. And he has, uh, had a syndrome called Cornelia DeLang, which is pretty rare. It's like one in 10,000 births. And um, has some very distinctive features. And I started having dreams and experiences on my inner life of being similar in Asia, maybe China, I don't know, another country, and being kind of like a street urchin. And there were people that were taking care of me. And it was really interesting because when I go take care of him, you know, maybe once or twice a week, I'd go over there for a few hours. And he was so attached to me. He'd just kind of come over and sit with me. And his mom would say, you know, he doesn't do that with very many people. And it was like, because I understood there was this weird inner connection between us. And um, I really think, you know, I didn't just happen upon this house and sort of a random location out in the country in Maryland and get this job. (laughs) You know, it's like that was a, a past life connection or somehow he knew that I had this past and um yeah that's one of my stories of reincarnation I have a bunch but that was that's one of the ones that came to me tonight that's awesome thanks Christine for sharing that um you're welcome something I I wanted I think it was Monica uh you mentioned, a, okay, I think it was you that mentioned a person that this was their first uh, lifetime. Um, I've, I didn't honestly know how that fit in, and I've never talked about it. Um, I've always felt like this is my first life. And I think Christine, Christine up top said, or somebody said about borrowing uh, memories or something yeah, along those me. lines. That was me. Yeah. Okay. That was you, Monica. So I'm curious, you know, like in pursuing that, because I have always felt like I'm not from here and I'm running some, I'm not (laughs) saying like a a bad experience. I'm running this like experiment in finding out if I do this, then this happens. If I do that, then that happens. uh, Everything is felt very sort of experimental. And that's, I even call like being on clubhouse and creating this, you know, this, this club, you know, it's all an experiment. So like, we can like, we can like, you know, be chill. It's all an experiment. We don't have to get it right or wrong because that doesn't exist. But so sometimes I do feel like I've borrowed other people's memories. I will take other people's sort of characteristics, incorporate them, like internalize them, act from that space and then go, well, I didn't like that so much. You know, I didn't like what that brought me or, mm-hmm. or that experience. And I'll try something else on. And I've done this from like my entire life. Um, so yeah, I had just never, I have you know, a, cool. a couple of thoughts that's on cool. that. Yeah. And it's cool that y'all brought it up because, uh, that, that's how I've always felt, and I've just never talked about that. So, yeah. One of my – so I have six kids, and one of my children is a, a one-and-done where he's here, and he's he's told me uh, telepathically that he's really grateful for this opportunity, but he freaking will never do this again <laughs> because it's so hard here. And that's what I want to ask you, Phoenix, if you feel like this is your one time. 
do you find that it's a lot harder to be here? I mean, you are aware that it's harder to be here than you thought it would be. Yeah. Now, I used to, that was an, uh, an overwhelming, looming feeling. I've gotten better about that when I look at it as a playground. Right. And I think that a lot of people who it's they're, they're, they're only going to have one experience here, that they haven't built up this ability to like separate the vibrational experience because we come into carnation from being a vibration into a solid form. And we tend to be extremely sensitive to vibrational experiences, more so than the next person who's, say, been here a hundred times, where they can say, oh yeah, that's, that's not something I have to take to heart. I can just let that go. And so if you're, you're trying on other personas, it's because you saw some safety in that persona. And you said, well, that person is managing this very, really well. If I try this on, maybe I can manage this well too. And I... That is, um, at least my experience in watching, then maybe that's closer to what you're trying to say. Yeah, definitely. That's it. It's another way, another way to put it. It feels really good to talk about it, to be honest. Right. And even if this is your, your only your first time and one and only time on earth, you've been other places before. So when you go to venture into looking into the idea of reincarnation, it doesn't necessarily um, restrict you just to this planet. And that might be something you would enjoy is looking, you know, what other universal aspects connect you to having been in some kind of form. I agree with that, Christine. I, uh, when I was younger, I had a, a, um, past life regression with a hypnotherapist and, uh, I ended up being this blue elephant being. And whenever I came out of it, the therapist was like, well, that's not possible. <laughs> I was like, but that's what I was. That's awesome. And it's awful cute. I mean, think about it. I So when I started um, meditating, trying to find out what I'd been before, and to what did I really relate to? And I was like, guys, I can't really find anything, can, you know, external entities i'd say okay give me a little guidance what is what is it i'm actually supposed to be looking for and they said well your favorite incarnation was when you were a table and i was like a table i was a table and they said yes well you've been on the things but your favorite was the table and i said well why did i like the table and they said you found it so exquisite to be able to hold a single vibration continuously for more than a hundred years and i thought oh that makes perfect sense. I totally relate to that. Yes, Phoenix. Oh, no, that, that sounds amazing. Oh, <laughs> and the other thing that they showed me too, which I wonder about this when everyone that relates to this concept of water is that my very first incarnation was as water, gathering information, experiencing information. I had that same experience. I rem I was not incarnated on Earth. I was an I was on a water planet, and I was a warm piece of water. And I used to dive down into the cold pieces of water, and they would make me go back up before I got too cold. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I see Aubrey has something to add. All right. <laughs> so I honestly, that's something I'm gonna have to work on is figure that out for myself, but. Earlier when you guys were talking about, like, energy and if you have a relationship or someone, 
you know, something that you love or in this life love, I guess. I don't know enough about any of this to really make more sense of that. But my fear in this life as being I am now is being alone and not being able to have my child with me. But Christine, the way you said it is like, we'll find them again anyway. And it may not be in your human form, but it could be in another form. Is that, is that correct? Absolutely. And that, that really does help you when you realize that this is not necessarily, um, your first and only or your last experience. And then of course there are some of us who are like, this is the last time we'll be in a human form. And we're really grateful for that even. But if you, if you look into the concept of, um, I think Laura knows a little bit more about the terminology, but of, of star families, and actually Monica, I think, has quite a bit on this, too. Of, of, yep. All right, Ma Monica, go ahead and explain a little more detail so Aubrey can understand how is she going to be capable of finding someone else in, the, in another life? Um, well, okay, so <laughs> the, last, the last few um, conversations of those, there was just absolutely so much there so um i also feel like i have been in um from somewhere else and um i mean reconnecting with our star family in this life i don't really know if i have the answer for that in terms of um reconnecting with them but um my experience has been reconnecting with a lot of soul family and um star family and the way i see human life i've had quite a few incarnations i'd say well what i've been told is more than a hundred more than a few hundred but um and and we we do repeat lives with many of the same people so the way i see us coming into our human life is like okay well we go into a classroom at school let's say take math or art or whatever the class is that's our life we finish the semester we we spend some time there and we finish the class and then we go home and um that's that so we we always stay energetically connected to our family we can um this this may not be so easy for some people but if we tune in and if we uh learn how we can energetically reconnect to them and i've had the experience of soul family like i can telepathically or from from the deep down in the heart from the soul level just um scream out and call for them and then they either wake up and message me right away uh, literally they will wake up out of a dead sleep or they will message me that day or the next day out of the blue and um I, i've had that experience as well and um I mean, that's maybe something a little hard to explain, like how to do it exactly, but it just, it just comes from within. It's just, you can call um, them sometimes and, and they do hear you because we are always forever connected with our soul family. And, and this can be the same with, you know, star family or whatever connection. Um, it may be, it may be just the connection in past human lives or many lives from wherever we all come from. So if we just think of ourselves as more like energy, whether that's in human form or not, we will connect eventually, whether it's in this oh, life or the next. Absolutely. I mean, we always are connected. I mean, um, it's just that once we step out of this form where it's very limiting, like, um, I just want to throw in here, uh, my, I have a few really wonderful memories of um, past lives in other dimensions, and they're 
similar to here, but they're also a lot more free. They're not as restrictive. So it's a lot easier for us to tune into our very natural abilities of, you know, when you um, sometimes, like there's an old saying that I grew up with. If you sometimes hear somebody's voice in your head, you hear your name in a person's voice. It means they're thinking of you. So it's a very natural phenomenon for us to, to still stay connected energetically, even if we consciously do feel so disconnected um, because we can't see them in front of us. But it's like my, my grandmother who passed before I was born, I sometimes feel very connected with her. There's times where, you know, I, I will think of her a lot more or of other people. And I realized, you know what, that's when they're close by. That's when the connection is stronger because either somebody from the other side or somebody on earth, they're thinking of me too. And then they'll call me and, they'll tell me they've been thinking of me and it's like you know I, I felt it and then I realized that's why I've been thinking of them because I was um, feeling it we were both feeling each other so we do stay connected yeah that makes sense so all the things that are empathic for us are not necessarily restricted to this body they're part of our energetic yes. processes absolutely absolutely it's you know it's who we are and if if our heart our soul feels a connection to a person um you know our, our experience, and I want to say this carefully, is only limited by our imagination. We feel like if we don't see them in front of us, we're not connected. But the, the, the soul, like we, we always really are. Yeah, that, that makes wonderful sense. Okay. Okay, thanks. Laura, should we start wrapping this up? I Actually, Phoenix, you, it looks like you have something to say. Uh, yeah, I kind of had a well a question around that but also um if uh i can stay in the room when if people need to like drop off or or, or, or do other things as well um so monica or, or christy whoever uh so like if let's say this was my first time here the fact that i feel connected to someone uh or an energy from someone that's like from like 2000 years ago, that can still make sense is, is what you're saying, right? Absolutely. It, okay, it thank you. Makes, it definitely makes sense. Um, but another thing I want to add, for example, um, I have many, 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 many past life memories with my husband. And some of them are from, many of them are from this life in many different um countries and and types of lives and one of them is even from another dimension so sometimes if you feel a strong connection with somebody um you may have tapped into you know like borrow a friend's notes from class you may have borrowed a friend's from wherever your soul is from you may have tapped into some of their memories or maybe i don't know i'm just theorizing here but um you may also have a connection with them because like like in my case um they also may be from the same place you're from okay yeah that makes sense thank you i think it also like has to go back to what christine has to say i mean i'm obviously not an expert i'm very much brand new and learning but like she was saying like the water it comes back to water holding memories and water is obviously reused constantly so it could also be like you having memories and feelings from someone else 
Okay, yeah, I can see that. I don't know. Is that right, Christine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys are doing great. <laughs> Jesus is my dude, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to, to make a quick comment on, on bearing earlier about, um, you know, feeling very limited in this lifetime. It reminded me of a uh, Bashar, who was channeled by Daryl Anka. And so if, when I listened to that, uh, he says that this human life, right, from all the other existences on different, this one is purposely we've chosen to to live a life of limitation, to really be the masters of limitation, so that we can experience, like, in, even in that limitation. So you know, to have that even what it feels like to to not be in our power. This is the, 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 then we're here in this lifetime now, this is the end of that period of limitation. And so that's why you see a lot of people waking up uh, to who they really are and, and you know, having these types of discussions and questions. And um, so really we're kind of exiting that lifetime or this uh, era of limitation and moving more into our, our almost like the golden age again to, to really recognize our power as a collective, uh, who we are and in that kind of blissful uh, experience like other realms may be having at this point. Um, so yeah, this just brought that thought for me. So thank you, Monica. And, uh, I, go on, Monica. Oh, um, that now I, I went to you and I forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, yes. Okay. So I was going to just say that, um, yes, and, and about the, you know, we're coming into our power and um, we, well, there's a lot of discussion always about, okay, we're all coming into our power and this is the age where we're all coming into our power. But one thing to keep in mind um, is, you know, we, we can go back and we tend to, as we grow, evolve personally and let ourselves explore more of who we are and come back to who we are with, you know, healing past lives and ancestral um, karma and et cetera, um, is we go back and forth a little bit. It's like, okay, you take a step forward, a step back and we, you know, and that's okay too. Just, it's just a reminder to be gentle with ourselves as we grow, as we move forward, um, that sometimes we stumble and we sort of step back. Like, um, this past winter, I'm in Canada, it gets a little cold here. So I kind of slowed down for the winter, but then as soon as, um, I started stepping back into my power. I just started all of a sudden, you know, jumped up and started having fun with everything and started using like manifesting and like taking my power back and, and getting into more creative projects again. And then all these things suddenly come up. And then um, I met all of you here and having fun with that as well. So, um, you know, just to be gentle with ourselves as, as we sort of sometimes stumble in, in, um, stepping into our power. That's all. I had something to also say with Mitesh, um, how, let's see, now I forgot what it was. Oh, yeah. So in one of my, whenever I, I jumped timelines, I was living in a timeline where there was not as much diversity and there was not as much drama or limitation. 
And I remember wanting to come back to this one because in limitation, there's also great drive and great courage and opportunities for that, for the heart and for our soul and for the full expression of us to to come up against that limitation and break through the boundaries. And that is exhilarating for, for many of us. You have something to say? I would definitely agree with that. I mean, it just sort of gets our creative juices flowing. And, and I mean, um, you know, sometimes to get us moving forward, the universe makes us uncomfortable until we get up and, and move and do something to get ourselves a little more comfortable. Yeah. And in Chinese medicine, I'm going to, so in Chinese medicine, what illness is, is the lack of flow. It's called stagnation. And when stagnation happens, everything slows down and suffering occurs. Disease occurs, suffering occurs, whatever is going to go wrong in the body occurs around stagnation. So one of the things that we do when we put needles in someone is sometimes, especially if we make it hurt, because we can make it hurt or we don't have to make it hurt, but a lot of times we do try to make it hurt because that brings what's called that cheat. Um, and what that is, is it's like if you imagine a, a water hose that, um, you know, you don't ha you have, it's kind of kinked a little bit. Um, what you can do is instead of trying to open the hose, you can actually close it even more to let the pressure build up. And then once the pressure has built up, then it can blow its way through and blow everything out of that hose at the same time and unkink it with all the, you know, all the force behind it versus chipping away at it a little bit at a time. So I think that's kind of symbolic as to what has been going on in our 3D reality and what people call third dimension is um, we create problems here for ourselves and then we build tremendous force behind it to clear it out. And now that we're doing that, as you said, we're moving into a new way and a new era of being so that we still... We have the tremendous power that we've learned. We know how to do it now, but instead of having to do it that way anymore, it won't be necessary, but we still have the ability to create that way and to, to be that way. Very well said. Thank you. Yeah, I love that analogy of the, uh, of just, you know, the hose and the, the power behind it. it, it I almost look at it like similarly like a slingshot. You can just keep pulling it back, keep pulling it back until that tension uh, really can't can't bear it anymore, and then it just kind of propels its way way forward than you even can imagine to see that. So, uh, so though I'm not uh, like in this lifetime, I don't haven't seen that for me personally just that propelling yet. But I'm looking forward to kind of collectively seeing this uh, happen. Um, and in, individually as well. So. I am too. And I, and I personally have recognized it in myself where, you know, several years ago I, I lived in angst at all times and now I'm pretty much at peace, which I really love. And I see this happening, you know, especially since last year and people had to, again, get closed down in their houses because, you know, everybody was working and the pressure was getting high. You, we can see this symbolically, too. Um, we get locked in our houses for a while. The pressure continues to build and build and build until we finally clear 
some of the false perceptions and the ways we were living to let go and then to ultimately find the peace that was in the center of it the entire time. We just took no end. Does anyone else have anything to say or contribute? Doesn't look like it. So I guess that's a pretty good closing point for tonight. I want to thank every single person that came here to join us. Thank you for participating, for contributing, and for being you and joining us in our valiant effort to raise our frequencies, raise our energies, and really see it through the finish line of bringing this earth into a new vibration, new frequency, and a new uh, golden age. Yes. Thank you guys for holding space continuously with the same importance. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. This was wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you soon. So much. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> big, big hugs and love. Oh. <laughs> I left. <laughs> I thought you were done. Sorry. <laughs>